All right, praise the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is in the house. Amen. Hallelujah. As our sister Sanga just read, uh, this is the account of, from Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 20, this is the account of uh, Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus. Um, And uh, we also know Saul as Paul, right? It's the same person. And uh, Paul, on this road to Damascus, he was so transformed by this incident that he went from church persecutor to church planter. Hallelujah. That is the power of our God. Amen? Amen. God can take the murderer and make him into a minister. Hallelujah. God can take the sinner and make him a saint. It's the transforming power of our God. And Paul, he went on to plant numerous churches among the Gentiles. And he also went on to write most of the New Testament that you are holding right now. And in fact, the book of Acts, the majority of that book is an account of Paul's adventurous missionary journeys all over Asia Minor. Now, in Acts chapter 9, Paul, he gets radically transformed by one thing and one thing only. And that was the call of God. He didn't get a 60-minute teaching that transformed him on that road. Nobody touched him so that he, he felt the fire or some kind of supernatural manifestation. It was simply the call of God. Now, let me ask you something today. Have you received the call of God? Turn to your neighbor and ask him that. Have you received the call of God? You know, some people, they get the call of God, and they just don't recognize God's voice. Because they don't, they don't know, that you got to backtrack, listen to my podcast about the voice of the Lord. It's a good sermon, hallelujah. I teach about how there's different voices that try to get our attention. The voice of man, the voice of the devil, the voice of the world, right? Isn't that one of them? Hallelujah. And the voice of the Lord. If you're able to discern between those voices... Uh, then you're able to identify God's voice a lot more clearer. But some people get the call of God on their life and they just don't know how to, uh, they, they just don't obey because they don't recognize God's voice. And they just think it's some kind of hunch. They think it's just some idea they have or some desire that they have. Some people, they know the call of God is on them. And they run the other way. Like the prophet Jonah. This man got the call of God to go to Nineveh. And when he got that call, he got on a boat and traveled the opposite direction. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. God had his ways of bringing him back. <laughs> Brought him through a storm, shook him up a little bit, and spat him out where he needed to be. Hallelujah. Don't run from the call of God. It's a dangerous thing. But normally in our lives, we, have, we, get, a lot of, we get a lot of calls, but they don't have a big effect on us. Every day we answer calls, don't we? That's why you carry your cell phone. Except our sister Bo. uh, And we're trying to convert her to get a cell phone very quickly. I'm praying, sister. 
you will get one by the end of the year. Now, but uh, all of us, we carry cell phones because we get calls every day. And we listen to the voice of the person on the other line, but oftentimes we remain unchanged. But it's different when the call of God comes upon you. The Bible says the voice of the Lord thunders. Man, when, vo- when the voice of God, like, you really hits your soul, man, it makes you shake. And some people will actually physically shake. And, and you know, some people, you know, they get these, like, during a revival service, they'll fall down on the ground. They'll start shaking. And the reason why they're shaking is because, because the call of God is coming upon them right there. You know, uh, there's a missionary named Heidi Baker. Uh, she's a missionary to Mozambique. Many of you guys know her because she's a prominent figure in the charismatic movement. Uh, Heidi Baker, she did years of missionary work in Mozambique and saw very little to no fruit. Then during the 90s, she went to a very controversial church called the Toronto Airport Church. And while there, she got hit by the power of God. And she was on the ground in front of the altar for like, I forget, three or four days straight. And the only time she left the altar was to go to the bathroom. And to go to the bathroom, she needed like three, four women to help her. But what she said was that while she was on the ground for those three, four days, the call of God, the voice of God thundered into her soul. And she would just shake under the power. And God said, do you want Mozambique? Do you want Mozambique? And and, and Heidi Baker kept saying, yes, Lord, I want, give me Mozambique. And God said, all right, I'm going to give you Mozambique. And the next seven years of her ministry... I mean, she saw incredible results, signs, miracles. Uh, I think each year they have about 17 certified, on average, I don't know if this is accurate, it's like about 17 certified people that are raised from the dead. And there's certain uh, requirements. You have to be dead for like 48 hours or 72 hours, and then you have to come back to life and be alive for at least like three months or something. (laughs) If you die like a day later... (laughs) I guess they don't really consider that being raised from the dead. But um, God's call came to her when she went to Toronto. And, and man, God just really used her in a powerful way the next seven years of her missionary work. Um, but, you know, we get calls in our lives all the time. But it is the call of God that can truly transform our lives. And here in Acts chapter 9, what we read about is the Apostle Paul. Before he became an apostle, the call of God came to him. And it did not come to him when Paul was starting to seek God and be like, Lord, I think the gospel might be right. No, it was when he was an enemy of God. God in his love and grace, boom, hits him with the call. Messes him up. I mean, just messed him up, like physically messed him up. He couldn't see. He couldn't stand up. Right? And his life was completely changed. You know, you might be driven right now to go a particular way. And you have a particular purpose that you want to fulfill. Uh, let me tell you right now, if the call of God comes in to your life, He can make you go a completely different direction. Amen. Or He can take your dreams and desires, which were filled with selfish ambition, and He can turn it toward godly. Visions and and kingdom purposes. Hallelujah. So today we're going to talk about the transforming nature of God's call. 
I want us to look at the uh, passage again. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 3. Verse 3 says, Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly. Oh, that's definitely our God right there. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Oh, hallelujah. I have three points to my message. The first point is that the call of God is first of all, to a person. You know, oftentimes when we think about the call of God, we, we think about what's God's purpose for my life? What's God's plan for my life? What does God want me to do? How does He want me to serve? These are the things that we think about when we think about the call of God. But I'm here to tell you that the first aspect of God's call is always to a person before a purpose. It's about being in relationship. Before you do and are called to do anything for him. Call of God is first to a relationship. It's to a person. You can notice this here in the interaction that Jesus has with Saul. Jesus asked the question, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, let me tell you right now, Jesus is not looking for an answer to this question. Hey, why are you persecuting me? What's wrong with you? What do you got? Why are you persecuting me? Right? And... No, he's not doing that. He's not asking for an answer. He's setting Saul up for a revelation of who he is. Because what happens here, right? Why are you persecuting me? Saul says, I don't even know you. What are you talking about? I'm persecuting. Who are you? Lord? He's definitely scared. You have to put that Lord in there. And Jesus replies, Who am I? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And the amazing thing is, right there, in that moment, Saul was converted. He became a Christian right there in that moment. Through a revelation of Christ, Saul got converted. He didn't pray a sinner's prayer. He didn't answer an altar call. He didn't have somebody hold his hand and lead him through a sentence by sentence. You know, he didn't. He just, right there, he got converted. Boom. Hallelujah. And some people might ask, well, how did Saul get converted without hearing the gospel? Well, Saul didn't have to hear the gospel. You see? Because he had already heard the gospel when he was stoning and watching Stephen get stoned. God used the testimony of a man who was dying, of a man who was being killed for the faith, to convert one of the greatest men of faith that the kingdom of God has ever known. He didn't have to hear the gospel because he already heard it. Hallelujah. So when Jesus simply said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting, immediately Paul knew. That Jesus was talking about. He was, Jesus was aligning himself to the Christian movement that Saul was so vehemently persecuting. And he realized that he was wrong. 
Now, it's noteworthy that, you know, in all this interaction, that the call of God is, first of all, to a person. Right here, Jesus is not like, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then, who are you, Lord? And Jesus is like, never mind that. I want you to go to this town and that town. And by next year, I want you to be church planning. I want you to study your Old Testament again. And I want you to preach this. I want you to go meet that person. No, he doesn't do that. He stops and he says, he has a revelation of himself. You see, the call of God is always to a, to a person. And this call to a person, it not only blessed Saul for that moment. It blessed him for a lifetime. Because it was a pattern all his life. He knew that before he, God was calling him to do anything, God was calling him to meet him. To meet the Lord in his prayer closets. In his intimate times with him. Hallelujah. And you might be asking yourself, what is God's call for my life? If you don't know how to answer that question, I don't want you to get, don't get discouraged by that. If you don't know these details and plans of what God wants you to do, don't get so discouraged by that. Just make sure that all the days of your life, you never neglect your relationship with God. Because if you will connect to the call to a person, oh, the purpose will flow out, brothers and sisters. But oftentimes, we try to skip that, don't we? And we try to start doing things first. And it just, it just, it just gets all confusing. You know, some people get so excited and anxious about the call of God on their life that they go to a seminary or they go to a conference or they go, you know, to one of these events to discover God's call for their life. And you know what? You know, that's great. God can use all those things. But you know what? The best place to discover your calling is, is in your prayer closet. It's not at some conference in Redding, California. It's not over at Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City. Oh, IHOP. Oh, we love Kansas City and IHOP. International House of Prayer. Not International House of Pancakes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me go over there and discover God's call. No, no. Just go to your prayer closet. The same Jesus that is visiting those people over there in Kansas is the same Jesus that's going to meet you in your prayer closet tomorrow. Hallelujah. Stay under the shadow of his wing. Stay in that place of intimacy and the details of his plan will beautifully unfold. And you know, praise the Lord that when he calls us, he doesn't call us generically. And this is my Calvinism I will preach right now. A lot of theologians try to say that when God calls... He sends out a generic call. Be saved. Repent and turn and be saved, you people. This generic call. And you know, when the gospel is preached, when Billy Graham preaches, that's the way it's going to sound. Because if Billy Graham's standing in front of 10,000 people, he can't call out all their names. Can't you know, go through a roster list. You know, that's kind of impractical. And for gospel's preached, it's going to go out like that. But when it's received, oh, it's not. When people get converted, they get converted not because... Oh, that's a nice generic call. Let me catch it. Let me apply it to my heart. No, it's because that call gets specifically applied to their hearts by the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said no one can come to the Father unless the Father enables him. 
No one can walk out and obey all the hard teachings I'm giving you unless the Father has provided that grace and that love and that grace and, yes, that election. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 49.1, Before I was born, before I was born, the Lord called me. Hallelujah. You thought the Lord called you when you were 10 years old. That's when I got saved. You thought the Lord called you when you came here to New Philadelphia. No. God called you before you were born. It says in Isaiah 49.1, From my birth, He has made mention of my name. Hallelujah. He has made mention of your name. You notice here in this passage in Acts 9, Jesus comes. What are his first words? He calls Saul by his name. Isn't that that wonderful song? He knows my name. He knows my every thought. Oh, that's scary. He knows each tear that falls. And hears me when I call. Hallelujah. He knows your name. And when our God calls you, he calls you by name. And in our perspective, it seems like God called us when he called us. But from the perspective of God, which the scriptures reveal, it was before you were even born, brothers and sisters. God has set his eyes of love upon you. And there was nothing that anyone can do, even what you would ever do in your rebellion and sin, and even hatred toward God, in your enmity toward God. There was nothing that you could ever do that could have separated you from that love. Hallelujah. That's why, that's why I'm a very strong Calvinist. And I don't think it's Calvin invented this doctrine. You know, I believe, and this sounds arrogant, but I believe it's just in the scriptures. I think it's what the Apostle Paul taught. And if you really exegete the scriptures, I think it's, it's logical. Hallelujah. But I'm not trying to convince you of that. We're on a different message right here. Let's stick with this message. Paul actually said, he mentioned, he recognized this when he said in Galatians 1.15, God who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace. You know, Apostle Paul, he knew that God had called him into a relationship of love by name. Secondly, look at uh, Acts 9, verse 6. It says, Arise, or, or, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. Hallelujah. After God calls us to a person, He calls us then to a purpose. Amen? Amen. He says, Get in relationship with me. This is who I am. Now let's get to work. Hallelujah. You know, God had an amazing purpose for Paul's life. He was to take the gospel to the Gentiles. He was to write the, most of the New Testament. He was to minister in signs, wonders, and healings and miracles. He was going to get shipwrecked. He was going to get whipped. He, this is wonderful too. He was going to get stoned. He was going to get imprisoned for the gospel. And he was going to get delivered from them all. Because you notice he never died from any of these incidents. Except the last one. But he got it when he was mad old. With long life, you will satisfy me. Hallelujah, man. I would want nothing more than that. 
Get that whole long life blessing and then die a martyr's death. That's the way I like to go. 80, 85 years old. You want to deny Christ? No. Chop my head off right now. Let me see my Lord. That's the way Paul went out. Hallelujah. Because God has a wonderful purpose for his life. How do we know that God has a wonderful purpose for Paul's life? We read later in verse 15. Right? This man, he's a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Do you see that right there? Whole life of Paul was summed up right there. And it was before any of it happened. Why? Because God had purposed it for him in advance. God has a purpose for your life as well. And I'm not saying generically, oh, God has a purpose for all Christians or all people on the earth. No, I'm saying you. James. You. Christy. You, Caroline. God has a specific purpose and plan for your life. There are people you will influence and meet that only you can influence. There are certain things that only you can do. And God's calling you to that purpose. And the beautiful thing is God, when he calls us into his purposes, you know, when God called Paul into these purposes, God didn't force Paul to these purposes. Amen? Amen. God didn't force it upon him. If you read the book of Acts, You see, what happened was, the reason why Paul was so willing was because he was so transformed. Paul was so transformed through his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And I'm telling you, it wasn't just that one incident. You were like, wow, if I had that experience in my life, I'll be transformed too. Lucky Paul. Yeah, I don't mind getting shipwrecked and whipped if I get to see Jesus on the road. On the road to Tejan? On the road to Pusan? Yeah, meet me, Jesus. I'll be transformed. No, you see, you're thinking that way, but I'm telling you right now. The transformation just didn't happen on that one day. It was every time he met Jesus in his prayer closet. Every time he related and answered that call to a person. Paul was getting transformed. over. He was going from glory to glory. Because the Bible says we are transformed. Not all of a sudden into one level of maturity. But we go from glory to glory. Little by little, every day. Hallelujah. We need to to transform that song. Glory to glory, every day. Glory to glory. Oh, hallelujah. I don't feel the anointing right here. That's a good song right there. All the children today, get this podcast. Listen to my new song that I just blessed y'all with. Hallelujah. Glory to glory. Praise the Lord. So, so Paul was so transformed, I'm telling you, in his relationship with God. He wasn't forced. He gladly followed and obeyed the plans of the Lord. There was so much joy. There was so much joy in his obedience that when Paul and Silas were locked up, beaten, no band-aids given, put in prison, they were so filled with joy. You know what they did while they were in prison and they were whipped up and they gave them band-aids? They were singing songs of praise. Glory to glory every day. Glory to glory. Hey man, y'all is crazy in that cell over there. Shut up. 
God bless you, brother. Do you know Jesus? <laughs> We're gonna have a revival up in that prison cell. Even even the even the prison warden got saved at the end of that night. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, if you will answer God's call to his purpose for your life, and if you will gladly submit to carry out his purposes in his timing and in his ways, because some people will just take the purpose and they'll do it in their own way. Mm-mm. Not good. It's his purpose. Good idea, you do it his way. His timing. Oh, hallelujah. You know, you know God had a purpose for me to get married. Man, there were times where I was just like, Lord, I, I think you got the timing off. I think this is it right now. And I will push on a person, a particular infatuation I had. And God will say, all right, well, you know, if you really like her, go ahead and ask her. I'll do, do your thing. But you know what? If you really want what I, if you really want what I got for you, because I got something good for you. I got something real good for you. <laughs> you need to do it in my timing. And you know what? If I didn't follow his timing, guess what? I would have missed, I would have missed it completely. Do, do you think every person gets the perfect will of God for their marriage? I, I don't think so. There's a lot of people I think they get married out there and they rush into it and there's mistakes along the way. But, but by the way, if you are married, it's God's will for you to stay married. <laughs> don't matter how you got your love story going, all right, but it is God's will for you now to be married and stay married. There is no question about that. But yeah, and God could turn that around for your good if you'll give the marriage to him, even no matter how it started out. But you know what, man, there's a lot of people, I think they, they, they miss out on God's perfect will for their marriage because they don't do it in his timing. Hallelujah. Anyway, if you would do it his ways, his timing, you will never be the same again. If you will fulfill, you will gladly submit and surrender and seek to fulfill and obey the purposes of God for your life, you will never be the same again you will live a life of radical favor blessing supernatural signs wonders miracles power oh hallelujah it's a crazy adventure if you will surrender your will cast off all fear and say not my will but yours be done god never looks overlooks such hearts he is drawn to people who seek him with their whole heart. Hallelujah. And praise God that um, on the road to Damascus, that God didn't tell Paul that he would get shipwrecked and flogged and imprisoned and stoned. I mean, that would have just killed his faith. You know, and, and, and praise God because, but you know what? You know what? That's what some of us want. We say, God, I'm not going to move until you show me what you want me to do. Unless you show me, I ain't going to go nowhere, Lord. So show me already. Lord, what is your will? What is your will? What is your will? What is your will? And they, and they want to know up front. And sometimes God, in his love and grace, he just doesn't do it. He doesn't. Why? He doesn't want to scare you. You know what? It could kill your faith. I mean, it will not only kill your faith, it will destroy faith. It will destroy your dependency on God because you already know the plans. 
Why, why do I need God? I can just go out and carry out the plans. It, it will destroy all elements of surprise and expectation. This mystery that makes life exciting, isn't it? If, if, if all of life, you got it in a book today called The Almanac, right? And it's, the, it's all the future, you know, in the one book. How boring would life be? Oh, it would be exciting for the first few weeks because you'd like be able to predict the future and all this stuff. But you would get bored of that. Mystery is a good thing. God locks up revelation for a point of time. Now, hallelujah. And uh, so, you know, in verse 6, God tells Paul, get up and go. Get up and go. So, you may not know all the details of what he wants you to do in the future. But this is the word for you today. Verse 6. Get up and go. Just take the step that's in front of you. Don't worry about 20 steps ahead of you. Just take the steps that are in front of you. Amen? And God called Abraham. God called Abraham and just said, Leave your home country and go to the place I'll show you. Abraham didn't say, Lord, can you just show me now? God said, no, just go. Abraham just went. And then God started to show him more and more and more. And, his, and God's purposes for Abraham were so big, it needed generations to get fulfilled. And in fact, it is so big, it is still being fulfilled today. The purposes God gave for Abraham are still, still being fulfilled today. Hallelujah. That's a word for some of you today. Just get up and go. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse, fast forward to verse 19. Verse 19 says, And taking food, he was strengthened. And for some days, Paul was with the disciples at Damascus. Hallelujah. The third aspect of God's call is to his people. We have uh, membership classes today. And this is an aspect of God's call that I think we haven't maybe particularly taken that, that seriously. But, you know, as of now, we have 69 people stepping up. And, uh, you know, once you read that covenant later on, the membership covenant, you may not want to sign it. Because this is a higher standard that you're going you're gonna to have to, you know, membership at our church thus far in our history has just been if you attend you're a member if we see your face and we like you you're a member that was like the membership like credentials and details but god is raising a new standard here he's building up he wants to take us to greater maturity greater authority greater influence in order to do that he's defining what it means to belong to this community and as people step in to belong to this community, they're going to allow the rest of the church to keep them accountable to certain expectations that are defi- defined by the Word of God. They're allowing people, hey, by joining membership, you're saying, hey, keep me accountable to God's Word. Hey, keep me accountable to all these various aspects of my Christian life that I know in my own flesh I just don't do very well. Brothers and sisters, Christians grow best in a community. It's because God's just designed it that way. He calls the church 
the body of Christ. And the body has different parts. Amen? I mean, how crazy would it be if just your nose grew and the rest of your body is the four-year-old size that you have when you're, when you're four years old? Just your nose grew. Or just your head grew. I mean, come on. That's, wouldn't that be whack? If just like a little baby with a big old adult head. That would be one ugly baby. You'd be like, man, baby, you ugly. What is wrong with you? And you're like, oh, yeah, your head is too big. The rest of your body didn't grow. Well, guess what? That's a picture of the church. The pastor's growing. The leaders are growing. But the rest of the members, they ain't going nowhere. That is one ugly church. (laughs) But praise God. Praise God. Because those days are coming to an end. Amen? Amen. We will stop dating the church. Amen? Amen. Because last week, we kissed dating goodbye. Some of the singles are like, I ain't saying that. You know what I'm talking about. Stop being a bunny believer. Hopping around. Go to the place God leads you. Commit. Serve. Contribute. And God will bless you and you will continue to grow. God's call, third, is to his people. God's call will always include an invitation into his family. Into a local body of believers. Into a community that you can share and that you can encourage and that you can be blessed from and blessed. God's call is always going to include that. God knows that we can't grow and be transformed unless we interact and get alongside each other. So in verse 26, uh, funny thing is, if you fast forward over to verse 26, this is what happened to Paul. Paul noticed, you know, come in, you gotta, you gotta imagine Paul's situation. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was, uh, I just killed that dude's best friend. Or I was dragging off a whole bunch of Christians and, and we got them all stoned. And we're, we're stoned, we're meaning that we're not talking about like, Marijuana, all right, we're talking about like stoned. Hallelujah. But uh, to think about his situation. And now, do you think he would have a natural inclination to want to now join them in fellowship? No. I'm telling you, the reason why Paul went to try to join the disciples at Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that's where the, the head honcho apostles are, Peter and all, all those guys. Only reason he went to try to join them was because God, he felt God's call. God was like, I know it's uncomfortable. You did kill a lot of them last week. And you were, the, you were like, you were like, said all kinds of threats. I know it's uncomfortable, but look, man, this is part of my call. Not just to a person and to a purpose, but it's to a people. You got to get along with my people. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my Friends, my people. I'm sorry, man. Spice Girls comes out of nowhere sometimes. That's like my fourth time doing that. Gonna shake off that Spice Girl spirit. I don't know. Hallelujah. But that's what God was pretty much saying to the Apostle Paul. And so Apostle Paul, finally, he gets over it. And he says, okay, I'll obey you, Lord. I am so transformed, Lord. I will obey you no matter what. And I will gladly do it. You know what? I'm going to put a smile on my face and I'm going to approach them. Okay, and look what happened. Verse 26. 
when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. Well, Paul got over it, but the apostles didn't. And here is poor Paul trying to answer God's call to his people. And here the apostles are like, you ain't coming in here. Hallelujah. But praise the Lord that uh, there were men like Barnabas that, uh, that really vouched for Paul. And eventually Paul was accepted into the community. And man, when he was in, he was in. Hallelujah. And God even raised him up as one of the most authoritative leaders of the church that was ever around at that time. God's transforming call is always to his community, always to his church, to a local body of believers. So as you can see, Paul was radically transformed by the call of God. All throughout the Bible and through history, the call of God has transformed shepherds into kings. Wimps into warriors. Church persecutors into church planters. All throughout history, the call of God has transformed men and women. And that call is continuing to go out today. Romans 4.17 in the NIV says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. All right, don't worry about that part. It says, The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Oh, hallelujah. God's calling you today. If you're in here and you're not a Christian, God's calling you into a love relationship with Him today. And I'm not talking generally. I'm talking... He's calling you by name. If there's other in here that have been a little bit disconnected from God, but you know you have a purpose that you, you need to fulfill, God's calling you today. He's calling you. He wants you to take certain steps that are right before you, that have been before you for the last three years. And He's saying, go, get up and go. And I'll show you more. Just get up and go. And there's a vast majority of you in here that you've been hopping around Community to community, church to church. And God's saying, look, I'm calling you to my people. I'm calling you to my people. Transformation will not only take place in your prayer closet. It will not only take place in your ministry field. Transformation will take place in the body of Christ. As you love and serve and give. Hallelujah. God is a God who calls things that are not as though they were. And today he's saying, come to me, kings, priests, prophets, pastors, missionaries, marketplace ministers, entrepreneurs. He's calling you by the purpose that he already sees and has planned for you. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Right now, I'm just going to ask uh, Egan to come out and uh, play something on the key- keyboard.
And let me get um, everyone who I authorized to lay hands this morning. I have you guys come up to the front. I'm just going to ask some of the leaders of our church to stand in the front. And I just want to invite you forward uh, for prayer right now. I want to invite you up for prayer. Um, If you're not a Christian yet, I want to invite you to answer God's call to a relationship today. If If you've never done that before, you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the day of your salvation. This is the day of God's favor, His blessing, His grace, His salvation. And He's calling you by name. And He's drawing you near by His Spirit. Why are you resisting? Let go. Let go of your ways and come into His ways. He is your Creator. He knows what is best for you. If you want to answer that call and you want to come forward and receive Christ today, uh, for such people, I want you to come forward here to the stage and I want you to kneel on the stage where I'm standing on the stage if you want to become a Christian if you feel that call of God on your heart any time during this prayer time I'm going to invite you to come and kneel on the stage and I'll come over and pray with you and right now for all others if you feel the call of God for calling you to a purpose to a specific purpose and you've been resisting that and you've been afraid to let go you've been afraid to trust Him I'm going to call you right now Surrender to the Lord your God fully. Get up and go. Do what the Lord has set before you. Trust Him with your future. For He will surely lead you. He will never leave you nor will He forsake you. And the voice of the Lord, He will tell you where to go. The angel of God will go before you. And the Spirit of God will abide with you at all times. If you want to come before the altar of God... And give God that kind of fresh surrender. I want to invite you up here in front of any of our prayer counselors. And they're here to pray with you. Uh, And if you have been resisting God's call to his people. uh, And you want some prayer. We invite you to come up at this moment as well. So right now I'm going to pray. Lord, I pray right now that every heart in here that you want to draw to yourself for prayer at this time. Draw them Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, draw them, Lord. No one can come to you unless you enable them. Well, enable them right now, Lord. Spirit of God, enable each person who needs prayer right now to come forward and take their steps of faith so that we may bless them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, I'm going to take about five, six minutes and we're going to open it up for anyone who wants to come up to receive prayer. Hallelujah. rest of the church, let's take this time. Let's just intercede and, and lift up our hearts to the Lord. And just connect with him back. And ask God, Lord, transform me with your call today, Lord. Let's pray.